Monday's child is fair of face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Her name comes from a line from my favorite nursery rhyme. Hey, my name is Christina. Welcome everyone to the Banshees podcast where we discuss everything from books, TV shows, and movies in the horror genre to supernatural and paranormal stories. If you are into that sort of thing, then please consider subscribing to the channel. It would really help me out a lot. I am your host for this podcast, and today we will be discussing Wednesday, the Netflix series. Wednesday premiered on Wednesday, November 23rd this year, and truthfully, if they hadn't premiered on a Wednesday, then I would be very disappointed at the missed opportunity, so glad that they didn't miss out. The series stars Jenna Ortega as Wednesday, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia, Luis Guzman as Gomez, Isaac Ordonis as Pugsley, Fred Amason as Fester, George Borsia as Lurch, and David Dorobantu as Thing. My deepest apologies if I messed up any of those names. So my intention with this video is to give you guys my initial thoughts, then go over some criticisms that I came across later on. Now, I'm not going to cover all the criticisms, I'm just going to go over the ones I discovered in my research, and there are going to be spoilers up ahead if you haven't watched Wednesday already. So with that, you've been warned, let's get into this. Now, when I first heard about the show, I was both surprised and excited. Surprised because I would have never considered a show about an older Wednesday Adams considering, after all, that she never was really a main character in previous portrayals of the Adams family. But I was also really excited because I assume that like many others, I enjoy the comedic and macabre world of the Adams family. Even before I started watching the show, I expected it to be tropey and, you know, a bit campy. And that's what trailers confirmed to me later on when I would watch them. The show begins with Wednesday walking down the halls of her public high school. As she walks, we get to see all the usual tropey cliques that we see in many other teen dramas. You know, the popular girls and whatnot. And it just so happens that Wednesday is the only goth girl in the whole school, and unsurprisingly, everyone around her thinks that she's strange. Wednesday eventually comes to a halt in front of a locker, which she opens up to reveal Pugsley, who was tied up and pushed inside. She's helping to untie Pugsley, and we learn a couple of things. One, Wednesday's been having visions recently, and two, we figure out who p tied Pugsley up and put him in a locker. And you know what? It was the school jocks. Who would have thought? I don't know if you could tell, but that was sarcasm. Let's move on. In the very next scene, we see Wednesday release Piranha into the swimming pool during the jerks. I met jocks during the jocks water polo practice. And this little sinister prank is what gets her expelled and on her way to Nevermore, the school for outcasts in the little conservative town of Jericho. Now, side note, prana generally do not go after living organisms. They tend to get frightened of things that move, so they generally eat things that are dead. This has nothing to do with the show, I just thought I'd put it out there to distill some of the mythos surrounding prana. Anyway, like I said, this prank gets her expelled and on her way to Nevermore. 
and on her way to Nevermore, we figure out a few more things. One, Wednesday seems to have a very strained relationship with her parents at this point in her life. She is resentful of them, in particular her mother Morticia. She seems to think that her parents are trying to force her to be more like them by sending her to the very school that they graduated from. I have no interest in following in your footsteps, becoming captain of the fencing team, queen of the dark prom, president of the Salem Society. To the locals of Jericho seem to have a very negative outlook on Nevermore and the students that go there. And three, there's a monster out in the woods that are that's just attacking and eviscerating the people of Jericho. At first glance, it seems the Wednesday that's portrayed in the Netflix series is based off the Wednesday that we see in the 1991 film. Like in the 1991 movie, Wednesday is still making these funny, witty, dark remarks to just about everyone around her. She still seems aware that others think that she's a little weird, but she doesn't care. And to be fully honest, it was very comforting for me to see that, in my opinion at least, they had not changed Wednesday too much from the 1991 portrayal. And just to put it out there, I really enjoyed watching Wednesday as a whole. Uh, despite my reservations about Tim Burton being involved in the direction of the story whatsoever, but that's something I'm gonna come back to later in this video. After I finished watching Wednesday, I wanted to see what others thought about it, so like anyone would do, I went to YouTube and I watched a few videos and I read comment sections for far longer than anyone should. And you know what? There were a few videos that stood out to me. Mina Le's video, Netflix's Wednesday, a meh adaptation, and both of Sean B. Ryan's videos, How Netflix Ruined Wednesday Adams, and I Gave Netflix's Wednesday a Second Chance. All of these videos are very good, and I based a lot of what I had to say off of them, so I highly recommend that you check them out. And I'll be linking them in the description, so don't worry if you don't feel like hunting them down. Now before we dive into criticisms, I want to begin on a positive note, and one point that everyone seems to be making is that Jenna Ortega carried this show. And to this, I absolutely agree. I have nothing more to add. She absolutely killed it. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into the criticisms. One criticism that I came across is that there are a lot of holes in the storyline. There are a lot of plot holes. And when I first started watching, like I said, I expected it to be campy and tropey. So I knew that there were going to be some holes and some things that just weren't going to be explained. And as a result, I didn't question it. I just went with the flow and I was at peace with that. But then I came across Mina's video and you know what? She changed my mind. She pointed out that they could have easily covered the plot holes. One example that she brings up is that instead of not explaining how Wednesday got away with attempting to unalive someone in court, they could have just said that her grandmother placed a spell or a curse on the judge or the jury to sway them, and that's how she gets away. And you know what? I would have never considered that. And I think now that there were definitely creative solutions they could have taken to really solidify the story. Another criticism that I came across is that Netflix didn't do a good job of adapting Wednesday. 
Now to understand this claim, we kind of have to go back in history and look at previous portrayals of the Adams family, starting with that of Charles Adams, the man who started it all and created the fiction icons that we love and adore today. Charles Adams was an American cartoonist known for his dark humor. He first drew the Adams as unrelated single panel cartoons in a weekly magazine called The New Yorker in 1938. The Adams family was meant to be a satire to challenge the norms of society at that time. The Adams were a strange bunch, but strangeness was absolutely normal to them. In fact, in the world of the Adams family, they were the normal ones, and everyone around them who were not like them were the strange ones. Now that very trait got adapted into the 1964 show The Adams Family. However, Mr. Charles Adams would say that he had mixed feelings about this one. He wanted them to portray the more dark and sinister side of the Adams. But granted, this was 1964 and the show was meant to be family friendly. If we skip forward to the 1991 movie, The Addams Family, this trait is still there. However, there are some things that change with The Addams Family. Sean B. Ryan points this out in his video, that the thing that changes is their sense of awareness, particularly that of Wednesday Adams. Now strangeness is still very much normal for the Adams, however Wednesday in particular seems to notice that others around them think that her family and herself are very strange. That being said, she doesn't seem to really care, she seems to embrace her strangeness and stand up to her surrounding sense of normalcy. I think that Mr. Charles Adams would actually like this movie because it does lean more into the dark and sinister side of the Adams. Now if we skip forward to today's Netflix series. At first glance, it can seem like they're trying to normalize Wednesday. After all, they are placing her in a school for ghouls and kids with unique abilities. In fact, aside from Xavier, Eugene, and Rowan who seems to die later on, Wednesday is the only human at Nevermore. And even the adults around her seem to want her to conform. Stop making enemies and start making a few friends. However, on my first watch, I didn't really see it this way. In fact, I still disagree even after watching different YouTube videos. In my opinion, Wednesday is just as aware now that she's strange as she was when she was younger, and she still doesn't seem to care that she comes off as strange to others unless it affects those she comes to care about. And you may say, well, Wednesday shouldn't care at all, that's not characteristic for her. And I would say that if we look at her upbringing, then all of that really falls into place. I believe Sean brings this up in his video as well, but if you think about it, the Adams think that they're a cornerstone of their community. As a result, Gomez and Morticia do their very best to come off as good-willed and moral and somewhat law-abiding members of their community. Wednesday was raised under these circumstances, and as a result, she's most likely learned from her parents to care to an extent. After all, our environment does in fact play a role in how we turn out later on in our life. 
Wednesday cares whether we like it or not and whether she likes it or not. Maybe we can argue that Wednesday doesn't care as much as her parents do, but nonetheless she's learned to somehow give back to her community. And I think that's why she goes on to solve the mur monster murder mystery and avenge Eugene and she tries her best to understand the people that she comes to care for. Some have also said that Netflix's Wednesday isn't as dark or sinister as 1991 movie Wednesday. And to this, I also have to disagree. Need I remind everyone that she literally released Piranha into the swimming pool during the jerks, I meant jocks, water polo practice. And it literally gets her expelled. And she's court ordered to attend therapy and her parents would probably be very upset with her getting expelled from Nevermore as well. And with all of that, her hands are really tied here. But it's very clear she hasn't changed that much. She's had murder on her mind in 1991 and she has murder on her mind now in 2022. There were Wednesdays at that very special age when a girl has only one thing on her mind. Boys. Aside from Wednesday herself and how she's written, other criticisms that I've seen come up have to do with Wednesday and her relationship with other characters in the story. Let's start with the relationship between Wednesday and her family, specifically her mother Morticia. In this series, Wednesday and Morticia are having issues with their mother-daughter relationship. Wednesday feels that Morticia is trying to force her to be her shadow. Now, some have said that this is uncharacteristic for Wednesday herself and also just the Adams family as a whole. They feel that the Adams are supposed to be this loving and supporting family. And this whole tension between Morticia and Wednesday simply doesn't speak to that loving and supporting characteristic of the Adams family. Frankly, this opinion in particular does not make that much sense to me and I feel like we have to really consider who Wednesday is at this point in time during her life. She is an edgy teenager and many of us have gone through this phase where we're kind of coming into our own and at this point in time many of us have gone into arguments with our parents that's put a little bit of strain on our relationships with them. However, this doesn't mean that we don't love our parents or that our parents don't love us and I think this is also the case between Morticia and Wednesday. After all, Morticia does cry upon having to leave Wednesday at Nevermore and being separated from her and Wednesday does go on to free Gomez from jail and reunite her parents so they can be together. The other interaction I've seen critiques of is that love triangle between Xavier, Tyler, and Wednesday. Now, to be perfectly transparent, I actually didn't care much about this interaction, primarily because Wednesday, our main character, didn't really seem to care either. These boys seem to come on to her and Wednesday just simply doesn't reciprocate. Now, many have said that this interaction is a lot like pulling teeth because of the lack of reciprocation and the lack of chemistry, but honestly, Looking back when I watched it, I honestly thought it was actually kind of funny because when I think about it, right, anyone who seeks a romantic relationship with Wednesday would have to realize that Wednesday is going to do what she wants. She's going to wear the pants in the relationship and she's very selfish. You would have to be a very, um, I would say submissive or a masochistic person to be with Wednesday. 
and that's why I think it's so funny because I'm like these boys don't really know what they're signing up for when they're trying to court and be with Wednesday. Now that being said, I would be perfectly fine if Wednesday didn't end up with anybody or if it turned out that she was ace. The last criticism I'm going to speak on in this video has to do with the monster murder mystery. I've seen many say that this plotline with the monster murder mystery is boring and unnecessary and you know what I agree because when I look back I don't think I really cared that much about who the monster was or about Joseph Crackstone. At least I didn't care as much as I did about Bianca's mother being in a cult or if Lucas Walker was actually a jerk or was just trying to fit in with the few friends that he has. The other thing that I have trouble with in regards to the monster murder mystery is that they decided to allow Thornhill and Crackstone to participate in witchcraft and this didn't make much sense to me. After all, Thornhill and Crackstone are supposed to despise otherness. They're supposed to despise outcasts and in fact there were scenes where they were holding like witch trials so it didn't make sense that they would also participate in witchcraft themselves. In addition, they didn't make the mystery very compelling and Wednesday's detective work I feel like could have been written better. After all, most of the breakthroughs she ended up getting were through her visions. All in all, the writing just left a lot to be desired there. Earlier, I had said that I would speak on my reservations about Tim Burton being involved with Wednesday, and I'm going to get into that right now. So if you don't know, Tim Burton is the man behind movies such as The Nightmare Before Christmas, Edward Scissorhands, and Corpse Bride. Tim Burton's style is very unique. If I had to describe it, I would say it's very dark yet whimsical, and I have enjoyed many of his movies. That being said though, in recent years he's been on a decline and one movie that really illustrates this decline is Alice in Wonderland. Without getting too far into it, because this video is in fact about Wednesday, it seemed that Tim Burton in Alice in Wonderland was trying to portray Alice as this person whose views differ from the rest of society and this difference causes tension within herself and struggles with her sense of identity. And instead of really getting into the intricacies and nuances of that struggle, instead we get Alice just giving advice that she should really be taking herself. It's due to movies like Alice in Wonderland that when I figured out that Tim Burton was going to direct the first few episodes of Wednesday, I actually lowered my expectations. I didn't want to be disappointed in case things didn't turn out well. With that, we near the end of this video. Now that I've had a chance to look back but also seek out others' opinions, I do wish that they did a few things differently. I do wish that the writing was better in certain areas. For example, with Wednesday getting away with attempting to unalive somebody or the monster murder mystery. That being said though, I do look forward to the next season because I really want to know what Bianca is going to do about her mother and the cult and how all of this is going to play in with Wednesday. I hope you enjoyed this video and maybe like me you learned something new or you considered a perspective that you initially wouldn't have thought of. 
please like and subscribe. It would really help out a lot. I just started this podcast and channel and I really want to grow now that I'm done begging. Thank you so much for listening and watching and I'll see you next time.